So this week on the Brunswick Buzz, we are meeting with the executive director from the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association, Ben Mart Martens. We're going to be talking about projects that they do, policies, ideas, and ways that they strengthen the fisheries in Maine, and then how they interact with schools in particular Brunswick, but we'll also love to hear about other things that you do. So Ben, can you kick us off talking about you know who you are, how you uh, got to where you are in this position, and introduce us to the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. Sure, Phil. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And our offices are in Brunswick, so that's really familiar uh, and, and convenient. I am also, I live in Brunswick, which is fantastic. It's a great spot to be set up to be working on the coast of Maine, because as you're driving up the coast, you got to come through Brunswick. So uh, it's really, really convenient and a beautiful place to live. I actually, I went to college here in town at Bowdoin. And when I got hired by commercial fishermen. Uh, I had been working down on Cape Cod for several years, like kind of learning about fisheries policy and, and doing some organi organizing, community organizing. And these fishermen in Maine said, we want to build an organization similar to what they have down on Cape Cod. Do you want to come do that with us? I said, sure. I said, well, you got two weeks to move here. And oh, so wow. I, I had, I only knew one place in Maine really, like, like felt like home and it was Brunswick. And so I was like, I'll move to Brunswick. And at this point I was in my mid twenties. I was like, I'll move to Brunswick. I'll end up in Portland, right? Like eventually, but I don't want to jump into anything that I'm not ready for. And so I moved to Brunswick and I never left. And now I'm married and I got two little kids in the school district. Yeah. Interesting. Just a bit of an aside about Bowdoin. I would love to just, I was, um, I was listening to Clayton Rose recently speak a while ago now, but how, how many graduates from Bowdoin return back to the Brunswick community. So you're one of those folks. So that's really cool. Yeah, I am. I am one of those folks. And it is really amazing how many alums both I, I graduated in 06. So semi recent, but getting, you know, by the gray in my beard, you can see it's further and further in the rearview mirror. But you know, when I when I graduated from college, we all we all loved loved Maine, and we all loved Bowdoin and Brunswick, but everybody went went away, right? We went to Boston and New York and Chicago and you know, San Francisco, and now everybody's coming back. And uh, it's it's really exciting to kind of see the draw and the connection and the experience that people had that makes them want to return to a place that feels like home. And that's, that's Brunswick for a lot of us. So talk to me about your organization and um, what you folks do, and then we'll dive into the what you do with main schools and whatnot. But first, give us an overview of specifically what you do. Yeah, so I am uh, the executive director of the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. We are an industry-based nonprofit. So we go out and we do work to advocate for sustainable fisheries and vibrant fishing communities. We we were started by a, a group of small boat commercial fishermen who caught ground fish. So those are species like cod and haddock, flounder, the flaky white fish. And that has been a fishery that's been in decline for a long time in the Gulf of Maine. And they realized that if they wanted to protect their way of life, that they needed to have a voice in the policy arena and that their voice needed to be more conservation focused, needed to be more stewardship focused. Because if you want to have small boats and small businesses, you need a lot of fish in the ocean for those, those businesses to survive and thrive. And so, yeah, so that's kind of the, the impetus for the creation of the organization. And they uh, hired me to come in and, and start building with them around uh, 2011. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. So it started in 2011. Okay. Well, the the fishermen they started it in 2006, and they yeah. you know were trying to make a go of it with having fishermen attend meetings, and very quickly they realized that they they needed some some backup support um, that could actually be kind of hounding the regulators, paying attention to the rules and the science and all the other pieces that that kind of go along with that. It gets 
It's complicated. Ben, can you tell us how many how many people are are with your organization? Yeah, so we have three full time employees at MCFA and two part time uh, employees at MCFA, include and then and then me as well. So there's six of us on staff at the organization. And while we work, we were started by groundfish fishermen, but pretty quickly as you start solving some problems and engaging with communities, you you realize you can't just fix one policy problem and then call it a done deal. So we've started to do a lot more community work. And with that, we brought in a lot of a lot of other fishermen. So we, we don't have a lot of ground fish fishermen left in somewhere around like probably 60 or so that, that own permits and that can participate and probably only 20 or so that actually go in any get any given year. But we work with scallopers and lobstermen. And so we, we work directly with over 300 fishermen on different projects and policy works. And then our work supports the over 4,000 commercial fishermen up and down the coast of Maine on different projects and, and priorities, depending upon what's going on in the ocean. So what started, you know, I spoke to my uh, director of nutrition, Scott Smith, and he was like, this is a cool topic. You should really look at this. Look what they're doing, what they do for us. And I, I'm going to probably get this wrong. But basically what I understood is, you know, Maine Coast Fishermen's Association started a fishermen feeding Mainers program. And that kind of, if I, and you'll correct me here, but that transition to schools, is that kind of how that started or? Yeah. So during the pandemic, we had a major problem in our industry in that like we, we catch these beautiful fish that end up on restaurants in restaurant plates. Right. right. Yes. And the restaurants were gone. And so we, we actually had fishermen that are going out, filling up their boats with this delicious, nutritious food coming to shore. And there was no market to sell it into. And we were turning into lobster bait. Like right? overnight, probably over. Right? Oh yeah. Like yeah. immediately. Right. And so it, and, and, you know, fishermen are like, okay, well maybe the markets will return. And so they go take another trip and, and they go backwards. And right. And so we had guys that were just like, all right, we, I'm tying up. I can't, I can't go at, at these prices. And at the same time, you know, we were all, you know, it's in the rear view mirror now, but all the reports about the the access to food and the struggles with food insecurity, especially protein was just ripping through Maine. And, and we had some of the highest rates of food insecurity in the Northeast in our state. And so from our organization's vantage, we were sitting here like, we've got fishermen that can't go fishing and there's fish in the ocean. And we've got all these people in our communities who are struggling to find good food. There seems to be a solution that we could build here to solve this problem. And so we were lucky enough to, to get a, an anonymous donor uh, to come in and give us some seed funding to basically do a proof of concept to show that like if we could come in, we could buy fish from fishermen at fair prices, keep the working waterfront moving, and then donate that into food insecure populations. And so we launched that in October of 2020. And one of the nice things, though, was like we because we had you know, money that kind of came in that didn't have any strings attached to it. We were like, all right, Good Shepherd Food Bank is willing to absorb as much of this as we can give them. But why don't we open up our arms and say, hey, like if there's schools that want it, if there are other community groups that feel as though they're outside of traditional food distribution networks, come to us. Like we'd be happy to donate. We'd be happy to try it. What what can we do to help? And so yeah. that's really how it started with, with schools was we were like, how do we cast as wide a net as possible, pun intended, you know, if you work yeah. in fisheries, you have to throw those around. But, um, you know, how do you how do you pull these people in and start to spread the benefit of the program that we we're building? And so that's that's how we started with food systems. Where we were like, you know, like there are some amazing, um, you know, needs, especially when you start talking about like 
the students that were being, you know, stuck at home and that were losing access to some of the regular meals that they get through the school nutrition programs. And so, yeah, so we, we were like, how do we, how do we work with schools? And, uh, and so that's kind of how it started at, at that point in time. And I saw that I, just to put a final point on it, I saw that uh, you had an article up on your, on your webpage about the anonymous donor amount. And that was, I mean, that's a huge amount, but that obviously, like you said, kind of started, you know, caught fire after that, if you will. So yeah, we got incredibly fortunate in that one, like we were able to build a proof of concept with that initial donation. We were then able to get local donors and foundations to come in and support it. Oh, really? But, okay. Yeah, but we were the, the real driver for it was that the COVID relief package, CARES Act 1, had a line item in it for fishing business relief. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, the state of Maine got this chunk of money and they were trying to figure out how to use it in an effective way. And because we had set up this program and shown that it could work, it became an, a, you know, I won't say easy, but it was a, you know, off the shelf program where they said, we can put money in here that is helping fishermen, helping working waterfronts and also providing meals. And so it, it became a way. So we've, we've received, you know, over a million dollars from uh, the you know through the state of Maine through the CARES Act federal appropriations that's been able to really keep this program going for the short term for the long term it's a bigger question because it's it's an expensive program to run but we are incredibly hopeful that we can start to build in some new funding streams as we've shown the value to our communities and and the schools. Tell me like how does it work like how does it so your listeners can understand like how does this work how does a school or a district obtain this and how how do they go about now? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty old fashioned, you know, it's like it, we, what we do is we have fishermen that go out fishing and if the market is soft, we step in and we buy the fish. Um, we can't buy as much as we would love to, but we buy what we can and then we have it processed locally and we have it packaged up and frozen. And then we kind of put out the bat signal to- oh, wow the different um, schools around the, the state. And there we have a couple of partners that also help facilitate that from different angles to basically say, all right, this week, there's this many pounds of these different species available yep. who's interested in it. And um, you know we don't have the capacity to do distribution, but what's amazing is these school systems or other food distribution programs will coordinate with each other to move the fish around the state. Uh, and so we've been able to get it up to, you know, down East Maine and in Millinocket and like, you know, it's been all over the state and we've been, you know, Fort Kent, we, we've been able to really kind of all over. Yes, get we, it all over the state. Right there. That's yeah. what my, when Mr. Smith was telling me, like we would, you know, we would have a, 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 a bus driver or one of our van drivers go down and, you know, do that and go down and, you know, then send it out to other people or people would come to Brunswick and pick it up as well. So cost wise, how does that, I, I think listeners might want to, you know, districts pay for, this service or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, right now it's free. Uh, we have also, we yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So yeah, it works out pretty well for the school. Pretty right? good for us. Yeah. yeah, pretty good. You know, we Did we've actually been. Long... Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say like one. We we also in this this process we we created this value added product called uh, monkfish stew because one of the species that we were donating into some of the food insecure communities uh, was monkfish and people were having a struggle adopting that species because they weren't familiar with it. It cooks up a little differently. And so we created this value-added project uh, project that was like really, really tasty. And so we ended up making a, you know, a, a for-profit, not for-profit, but a, a for-sale 
line of stew. And so we we have had some of that bought by different school districts, I think, including Brunswick to uh, kind of get that into the system. But for the most part, almost all the fish that's flown through our project is being donated into the schools, which allows them to access fish and, and local fish that they normally would not be able to afford. So yeah, which is incredible. Do you do, do you also work with this is staying on the school theme, but you know, higher ed, do you also work with colleges and universities in Maine? We haven't been. No, I mean, we, we've okay. reached out to them over the time and, and, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how that could work, but yep. um, you know, they, they do their own purchasing. And so yeah, we always encourage yep. them to buy local, but you know, we, we have smaller boats in Maine and, and the price point is a little bit different for the fish that you can buy from a Maine boat versus something from Alaska uh, or overseas. So have you guys, have you done any, um, one of the questions that I did have from one of our, uh, someone that listens to the podcast was asking if, if, how many jobs you've created or, you know, the economic impact. Have you done anything like that? Have you looked at that to just, I know that's a little bit deep, but I wondered if, if you've done that. Yeah. I mean, only, uh, anecdotally the, you know, there, there's a couple of pieces that are really, really fun is like, you know, the the amount of we've been able to move uh, create about 800,000 meals through this oh, program so far so um, since, since October yeah. of 2020 right yeah um and and so that's been great and it's been spread out across across the state and that is equivalent to roughly like between 5 and 600,000 pounds of of fish landed in the Portland Portland Fish Exchange which is from boats all around the state of Maine but it all kind of flows through Portland and so you know, we've been able to keep, we've been able to stabilize the price uh, in Portland back to the boats, which has allowed it. We've actually had five brand new fishermen join the fishery, which is a, an amazing number for one year for uh, our neck of uh, the seafood world. So that's been really exciting. And then a bunch of the processors of Portland Fish Exchange, others, like we've been able to keep that working waterfront moving through the slow times of year when traditionally, you know, people have to get let go or they get furloughed or, you know, like we, we kind of like we've been able to build some stability into the flow of product over time with this program that is doing some job creation, but it's really doing more job stabilization. And, yes. you know, in this job market, in this uh, economy, having, you know, the stability is just as valuable um, mm. for a lot of our, our working Absolutely. waterfront workforce. I bet, but particularly yeah. in that, in that field, that stability must be you know, beyond valuable. What I'd be, um, I'm going to pivot a little bit and talk about anything else that you want to tell me about that I haven't asked. I was going to move to like environmental or climate challenges. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about that. I'm sure. Sure. No, I'm I'm happy to talk about that. The only other thing that I'll just put a plug in for is uh, for your listeners who have got, you know, kids in the school district and they might see seafood on the on the menu and might not want to do like you know yeah. eat that that's one like we've been hearing amazing feedback from the students who have been getting the seafood and eating it and loving it which is just awesome for us to hear because you know we while while we love donating seafood what my actual goal is is to get all these kids hooked on seafood so i've got a next <laughs> generation of consumers out there Absolutely. looking to buy um but like there's a lot of interesting data that shows that seafood consumption on a regular basis is really good for uh young kids in particular their minds and their bodies it can help with um you know adhd and you know uh iq like there's all kinds of stuff who knows there's a lot of noise in that data streams but 
it's only positive in that yeah. direction. And so, um, you know, which we've been really thrilled to be able to kind of focus in on, on kids through this program and getting into schools is one of the best ways great. to introduce kids to it really um, is. It, something it, that's, you know, it's right there. It's part yeah. of, it's part of Maine, but it's so hard to connect to the food system in, it, in many it ways. It is hard to connect. I'm glad you brought that up before we pivot, because I think that is the feedback that we've had has been phenomenal. And students, and I, I mean, you know, I've talked to students, but also just from parents that have said, this is so cool. Thank you for doing this. We would never have dared to, you know, try this, or we didn't know how to prepare something. So that's really, um, that's exciting. And then from just the other perspective is our staff have really enjoyed it as well. That's awesome. Creating, you know, different dishes. You know, it's like being a teacher. I mean, it's, if you, you know, it's fun to do something different, right? And, And then you get to see, students experience that as well. So that's good. So two two things that I wanted to talk about next was, and maybe before we talk about climate change, I recently volunteered at a um, our coffin school pantry, Mid-Coast Hunger Prevention Coffin School Food Pantry. And I, do you do you work with that organization as well? And do you provide, you know, food or or are fishermen do that? Or how does that work? I know you talked about Good Shepherd, but are they are you connected with them as well? Yeah, I mean, we've done some different work with them with seafood do- donations through Mid-Coast Hunger Prevention. And one, they get they get their fish from Good Shepherd that, that flows okay. through there. But we've also been, you know, because in our backyard and, and we all kind of live and work in the in the area, past couple of Christmases, uh, we've done soup donations of our of our monkfish stew. And so we've gone and been able to to donate that and have that be a nice treat and an experience for around the holidays for for a lot of their their consumers. That's great. Is the monkfish stew available for public consumption? You know, public. Yeah, we we've, we've got the, the the monkfish stew is it's in a uh, a frozen box that you can get. It's actually at about sixty retail stores throughout Maine, including Morning Glory in downtown Brunswick. I think you can still get it hot at uh, the Brunswick Diner as well. Oh, cool. uh, but it's uh yeah it's 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 really tasty it's got a little bit of heat to it though so like if you're if you've got some shy taste buds um that is the one feedback that we've gotten is it's like why is this spicy and it's like you know if, if you're gonna do something like as a nonprofit, you kind of want to do something that's unique and it is it's a really yeah. special flavor so it's, awesome. it's great so plug yeah. out the morning glory and other places as well but yeah locally morning glory would be a great that's good to know so then just talk to me about you know if this is appropriate to ask and we sure. can uh, but the environmental impact and how that's impacting your, you know, your organization. Yeah, I mean, our organization was started by fishermen who believe in stewardship and who believe in science-based management and accountability, right? Like all those things. And so, you know, one of the things that we we say is like, we're a fisherman's organization, but we're not every fisherman's organization. And we tend to take a long-term approach to management that is about rebuilding and, and a focus on the ecosystem first, right? Like we, if we don't have fish in the ocean, we don't have fishermen and we don't have fishing communities. And so we do a lot of work with on, on the policy arena in that front. Uh, and then we have a lot of projects that we work with, you know, the Nature Conservancy is one of our closest partners. We've worked with them to outfit a bunch of boats in Maine with cameras on them to collect new data streams for better science. And Great. so, yeah, so, you know, the Gulf of Maine is one of the most unique and special ecosystems in the entire world. And these fishermen are the experts out there. And so we're trying to make sure that their voice is in the policy arena and fighting for good things, right? And that we're, we're bringing, bringing those guys and, and women into the into the space. And when you talk policy, you're working probably on a national level and also a state level, right? And local level as well. 
Yeah. So fisheries policy is really cool because it's actually neither. So oh, really? federal federal fisheries policy. Uh, so federal waters is outside of three miles. So it's from three to 200 miles is federal what oh. federal waters. I learned um, something new. OK. Yeah. And, and most yep. of our fish are caught in those areas, although most of our lobsters are caught in that that state waters area. But so federal fisheries policy unlike the farm bill where they're like everything that touches your food like on the farm system side goes into this one bill congress was a little bit smarter when it came to fisheries and they basically said we recognize that all of our fisheries in our different regions are really weird and different and so we're going to set up a council system that every region has that goes through policy creation with like standards that congress has set that's you know it's about bycatch reduction and rebuilding and, you know, all these important good things, but it's regional management bodies that actually are the ones that are doing it. And fishermen sit on those regional management bodies. So it's a more, you know, our bottom up collaborative development of policies and regulations. Um, So we work through the New England Fishery Management Council. So the nicest thing about that is I don't have to call myself a lobbyist, even though I do a lot of policy work because I'm not lobbying. I'm, gotcha. I'm, you know, working yeah. with, with real people on the development. When I hear about that New England, that's true. So when I read the paper or something like that, that's that New England. That's the way they did that New England. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And other things that I've, um, I haven't asked that you want to make sure our listeners know about. Yeah. So I, just to get to the, to the environmental question, right. So yes, there tends to be a, Question: The question I get most asked most often is, is like, is it okay to eat local fish? That's okay, right, right. We hear that um, all the time. All the time. And yeah. uh, the answer is absolutely. Like, so we have the best science and the best management in the world when it comes to our fisheries. Doesn't mean it's perfect. There's a lot of work to be done, and that's just me protecting my job, right? But like, we we have we have things that we need to fix and do better. But if fishermen are catching it. Mm-hmm. in the Gulf of Maine or in New England, you should feel really comfortable eating it. Because even if it's something like cod, which we are working on rebuilding, right? Like there's still an allowable catch that is allowed to come out of the oceans that will still allow us to rebuild that fish stocks. And it actually helps make sure that those other fisheries that are rebuilt and that those small boat fishermen can continue to survive by eating and buying the, the other fish that come up in the net. Like we want those fishermen bringing everything that they catch to shore so that we can count it. It can go into the science. We know what's happening. So I, I always try and convey is like, as you were thinking about, you know, eating local fish or eating fish at all, right. It's like eat as close to home as possible and eat as transparently as possible. And so anybody should feel really good about the seafood that's coming out of the Gulf of Maine. And the other piece of it is like, it's really carbon friendly too. Like if you think about for the environment, um, you know, like there's minimal uh, fresh water that goes into the creation of a pound of fish, right? Like a little bit in the processing, but there's yep. no fr- there's no water, there's no fresh water used, there's no hormones, there's no antibiotics, and even if you start looking at the carbon footprint, it's really small compared to something like beef or pork, and so. Okay. They're really good, smart choices for the ecosystem, for the environment, for your carbon footprint, and for your mind and for your body. And so, obviously, I'm 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 biased, but you're, you're passionate about yeah, it. But, you should eat but, your local seafood. But I love the carbon piece. You know, when you think about that, right? Why do I go to a local? You know, why do I go to my local farmer and whatnot? Same thing, right? Go, you know, local fishermen. Yep. So, 
yeah. uh, person or whatever we say nowadays. In, in Maine, you can say fisherman. It's it's different it's regions okay. have different different terms, but even even the women who are part of the industry, they like to be called fishermen in Maine. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Ben, I appreciate the time today. Hey, thank you for listening to the Brunswick Buzz. The Brunswick Buzz is available wherever you find your podcast.